Our gospel lesson from Luke chapter 10 serves as the basis for our sermon this morning. I've often been accused, I've often been accused of trying to do too much by myself at work. My annual reviews often say that I don't delegate enough. I often try to take on too many things by myself, only to find myself getting frustrated. And I have to admit that there are times that I find myself afraid to do some things because it's just a little too scary or I'm afraid of what the result's going to be. And other times I, uh, I find myself thinking that I'm too good for doing some things. You know, I'm like a lot of human beings. I'm a mixed bag of emotions and feelings and attitudes. When you think about it, that's the very fabric of our nature, of our very being. Attitudes and feelings and everything else that goes along with it. I mean, at the end of the day, you know what we really are. We're just humans being. This is especially true of the Christian life. Now, let's face it, life in God's kingdom, working in His kingdom, isn't always easy, is it? A lot of times it's difficult. There's a lot of things that get in our way. But we're called with a purpose to proclaim the gospel, that that God's kingdom is drawing near. We're to show Christian hospitality. And yet, sometimes our attitudes and our feelings uh, and our very being betrays us betrays what we're supposed to be doing. Sometimes our, our attitudes are ones of judgment. Sometimes our attitudes or our feelings, rather, are ones of fear. A fear that prevents us from carrying out our Christian callings, from engaging in God's work. And sometimes we're just downright apathetic. Indifferent, right? You know that attitude as of, uh, I don't really want to do that, but you know what? It doesn't really matter. Somebody else will do the work. You know, it doesn't matter what the negative feeling or attitude is towards these things. It all leads to one thing, and that's kind of an isolation. An isolation from the Christian community, from the work that we're to be doing. It isolates us from working within the community of believers in the mission field, and it also isolates those who are still marginalized and isolated from God. Because we're not taking the kingdom of God near to them. But you know, God never intended for man to be alone. God never intended for man to work alone in the mission field, to burden all the work by one person's self. And God never intended for us to decide how to do His work either, as if we know best. I don't know if you ever heard of the poet John Donnie, but John Donnie wrote in Meditation 17 these words, that no man is an island entire of himself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. And then John Donnie writes these words, any man's death diminishes me because I am involved in mankind and therefore never send someone to find out for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. You think about that for a moment. God calls us to be in community, right? To be involved in mankind. Not involved in mankind from the standpoint that we're getting involved in the things that corrupt mankind, but to be involved with one another in human interaction and mutual respect and well-being for our fellow people in this world. And so Jesus lays out the blueprint for ministry to show us how 
ministry is to be done. And when you look at how Jesus lays out this blueprint uh, for his workers in his kingdom, you'll find he shows us that we're to be together, working side by side for encouragement, mutual encouragement, mutual support, to share the workload, and most importantly, to be totally reliable and dependent upon him, both for our own needs and for meeting the needs of others. And so today, we find Jesus walking towards Jerusalem. He set his face towards Jerusalem, and he's going from town to town. And he invites us to walk with him this morning as he goes. And he invites us to listen in on this conversation as he's about to send another 72 workers out into the field. He's already sent the 12 out, and now he's sending 72 more workers out into the the kingdom to do the work. And notice how he sends them out ahead of him. Not by themselves. Not isolated from one another, but two by two. In pairs. Mutual partnership. And that's a, 72, that's a lot more people out in the mission field now than the 12 that he sent out earlier. And yet, <laughs> there's still a labor shortage out in the mission field, out in the harvest. We hear Jesus tell the 72 that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. As he begins to instruct them before he takes the training wheels off and sends them out ahead of them. You know, there's a sense of urgency here. If you've ever done farming or gardening or really any kind of agricultural work, then you know how urgent it is when the harvest time is ready, right, to get the harvest done. If you harvest the fields too early, crops no good. You wait too late, the crops were damaged. So you have to strike right when the crops are ready. And this is what Jesus is sending the 72 out to do. He's saying the harvest fields are ready. It's urgent. It's time to go. And he will send them off in a few minutes uh, out into the mission field. But what's he command them to do first? What does he tell them before he starts giving them instructions? He tells them to pray earnestly. Pray earnestly that God will send more people out there. That God will raise up more people and equip them and send them out into the field. This is a reliance upon God. God might be calling these people, these 72, to go out there, but God's also saying, pray, that, pray, pray, pray. Pray that God will send more people out there. And that's what God does. He raises people up and he equips them to go out and be laborers in the field. And we got to realize, though, that it's his power, his power, that will bring a successful outcome. Not anything that you and I are doing on our own. It's him working through us. Now, as Jesus sends the 72 on his way, he tells them that he's sending them out. (laughs) Wow. As lambs amidst the wolves. Jesus knows what he's sending his people into, right? Man, can you imagine having a group of people and you know what you're sending them into? You know because you've been there. He knows he's sending them out there and he knows that it's not going to be easy for him. Yet another good reason to send them out in pairs, right? There's security, there's safety in numbers. Nobody wants to go face a dangerous situation on their own. You need mutual encouragement and support. Someone's more likely to get discouraged by a situation if they're all by themselves, but when you got two people or more, they're going to feel a little bit more bold. They're going to stand up and be a little bit more courageous. And then look what Jesus tells them to do. Travel light. No, no money bag, no knapsack. <laughs> Don't even take shoes. 
right? Go get your feet dusty. You don't have to put anything on your feet. And then, oh, by the way, don't stop and ask for directions. That would be a hard one for me to hear because I like to socialize with everybody I see out on the streets. But this is Jesus, right? Don't talk to anybody. Don't take these things. It's like he's saying, put blinders on. Stay focused and go right to the work that's to be done. Urgency. He's not telling them to be rude, right? He's just simply telling them to keep focused and don't get distracted from the mission that's at hand. They're supposed to be like an athlete in a critical moment in a game. Or a paramedic or a firefighter or a police officer who's in, a, in, a, in an emergency situation. The whole idea is focus. Focus on the urgency. Now, right now, Jesus' instructions so far have been pertaining to the nature of the urgency of doing his work. But he's now about to transition and to tell them to what to do when you get there. Listen to what he says. Whenever, whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. Christian hospitality at its finest. You know, a kind word goes a long ways, my friends. A kind word goes a long ways. Notice here what Jesus tells them. This is the most basic instruction of things. It's like he's saying, listen, not heads. This is how you do it. Don't go get in the way of all this. Go up to the door and all you got to do is knock on the door and say these words. It might seem like the simplest of greetings, but this is more than just a simple greeting, folks. This is a gift. A gift of God's peace. You're bringing the kingdom of God near to them. Peace be to this house. And if somebody refuses it, guess what? They miss out on God's peace. What about the 72? How are they supposed to react? What does Jesus tell them? If you go to a house and they reject it, well... You walk out in the streets and you knock the dust off your feet and then you still proclaim that the kingdom of God has come near to you. You don't retaliate against them. Just do what I command you to do. Just do the work. You know, it's like this. The 72 are to offer this gift of peace without trying these, first doing one of these two things. They're not supposed to go out there and determine, one, if somebody is worthy of receiving God's word. Right? And two, trying to predict like you got that little magic eight ball whether somebody's going to receive it or reject it. Just go and do. Just go and speak these words. Now, when one of the 72 enters a house that receives him, what does Jesus tell him? To stay there, right? Eat and drink what's given to him. Don't move from house to house. Eat what's placed before them and heal the sick there and proclaim that the kingdom of God has come near to them. And of course, if they're rejected, go knock the dust off your feet and move on, right? Why is Jesus telling them to not move from house to house and all this other stuff? Because it's not supposed to be self-serving, right? In other words, he doesn't want the 72 to go, oh, well, you know what, man, so-and-so's got better food over here. I'm going to hop over and go stay over here. Or Or the sleeping accommodations are much better over at this guy's house, right? I don't know how it was when you were growing up, but didn't matter where I went or who was the host, but any time I sat down at the table, I always got that look from my father that said, and that those words, eat what's placed in front of you. You will eat what's placed in front of you, right? Sometimes I might have cringed my nose up at that asparagus or that, you know, whatever else was in there, but it was always eat what's placed in front of you. Why? So you don't hurt the people's feelings who are giving you this food. Think about that when it comes to the ministry. 
There would be nothing worse than taking God's word out there to somebody, and those people are offering you what little they have out of the kindness of their hearts, and you turn your nose up at it. Right? There'd be nothing worse than taking God's word out there to somebody, and you destroy an opportunity for God's work to be done because of a holier-than-thou attitude. And yet, you see it more often than not. That's unfortunate. But unfortunately, that's some of the attitudes that go on out there in this world today. But this is Jesus. This is Jesus now giving us a blueprint for how ministry is supposed to be done. It's set up this way for a reason. And when you look at it closely, it's mutually beneficial, right? Both to the one who is doing the work in God's kingdom and giving the, the word of God and the peace of God to others and to the person who's receiving that, that word and that kindness. Mutually beneficial. Working in God's kingdom takes partnership and it takes a whole lot of faith. Faith to know that God's going to meet our every need. Right? And it takes partnership. Going out and working alongside one another. This account from Luke today is problematic to a lot of Christians today. In this sense. In the sense that when you look at Jesus now sending out, sending out the 72, right? Uh, it shows the breadth and the depth and the scope of God's work. Where are these 72 going now, right? First of all, he sent out the 12. Now he's sending out 72 more. That's showing us one thing right there. It's showing us that, that, it, that the work of God is not just meant for a select few people. And then when you look at where these people are being sent off to, they're going over there into the Gentile towns. Now we're seeing that, that God's word isn't just meant for a select people, right? It's meant for a whole lot of people, all of his people, all of his creation. So it's problematic from two, on two fronts, right? It's problematic for those people who think they're the select few that get to do all the work. And it's problematic for those people who don't want to engage in God's work. Problematic from the sense that God calls us, every one of His people, to fully engage in the work. He calls us to lift each other up and to get out there and do His work because there's a whole lot of people who are marginalized in society right now. There's a whole lot of people who don't have the things that we have. There's a whole lot of people that need God's Word brought to them so that they can have and experience the peace and the joy that you and I have. You know, it's funny. Uh, there are those people, and every church has them. Those people who are like 20% of the church do 80% of the work, if not 100% of the work, right? You know who I'm talking about. Those same people every year that you see doing all the work out there. And why is that? Because, and every, like I said, every church has them. It's that way because there are those people, <laughs> those other people that have the attitude that, the work will get done. I don't feel like engaging in that work right now, right? And then, of course, you have those people also who have that attitude that they know how to do it all themselves. That their way is the best way, and you either do it this way or you're not doing it. And, of course, you have the people who are probably want to engage in the work of God, but are just a little too afraid to, to do it because it takes them out of their comfort zones because they're worried about people's reactions. Remember years ago, Don Luce, and everybody knows Don Luce, took us all out over to the apartments next door. We spent a two full weeks putting together flyers and working on what we were going to say and all that. And, and we went next door, and I remember sitting there going... 
I know it's next door. I don't know how people are going to react to this, but okay, here we go, right? And we went over, and, but Don Luce had this just kind of this quiet confidence going, look, we're going in numbers. We're going as people. We're going to do God's work because there are people that need to hear this. And I thought, wow, what a wonderful Christian attitude. What wonderful Christian hospitality. And you know, I look out amongst the congregation and I see a lot of people that do God's work. I see a lot of people that are engaged and giving freely of their time, helping with the manna pantry or, or volunteering their time to educate our children. Any number of things. But a lot of things that I see are happening right here at Ascension. What happens when we step outside these four walls of the sanctuary and out into the mission field and in our daily lives? What's going on in the workplace? What's going on in your schools? What's going on in your own neighborhoods? Maybe you know somebody that needs to have the kingdom of God brought near them today. Maybe you're somebody who wants to engage in the work but just needs a little, little encouragement. Or maybe you know somebody who needs to engage or wants to engage and, you, and maybe you need to bring them in some encouragement and support today. What might that look like, though? Imagine if we all engage in God's work, lifting each other up in the body of Christ, how we might transform communities, how things might change out in the world, how God's peace might be proclaimed. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful? You know, as John Donnie said, no man is an island unto himself. You know, about four to five years ago, I took a group of, of our high schoolers here on a mission trip up to Cincinnati. And I have a, a classmate of mine from seminary who runs an inner city mission. And some of you are sitting in here that went on me with that trip, remember that trip very well. We stayed in a very rundown place of Cincinnati called Over the Rhine, which is undergoing gentrification right now. Huge homeless population up there. And he was just one of a coalition of a whole bunch of other churches that, that partnered together to make sure that the homeless and the people that were being displaced by the gentrification were, or had their needs met. We slept in the undercroft. That's not a word you hear down here in Florida very often, but the undercroft of an old, decrepit church. We traveled light, did we not? <laughs> we took an air mattress and we took clothing. That's basically all we had. Not a whole lot of other things, right? And we slept down there on the basement floor. We shared a, a couple of sinks, and we had to walk uh, about two miles to go somewhere to take a shower. But we were working. We were working alongside of other people supporting these, the, the, these homeless. And one of the things that struck me was how little some of these homeless people had to give, but just how giving they were and when they gave it, and how engaging they were. And it was scary at times. I'm not going to lie to you. It was scary. I was scared just from some of the places we walked and went to, right? And, of course, there was grumblings, and I was guilty of it, too, of, can't we just go to Burger King? Or, hey, hey can't we just stay in a hotel next time when we go do something like this? But you know what? Here is the thing about, about it all. It made me realize just how well off I have at one and just how well people who don't have a whole lot, share what they have. Kind of made me do some self-reflecting on things. And I also realized just how well we can work together as Christians 
in a community and how much work can get done. It was amazing. You know, for those of us who are children of God, the kingdom is near. It's come near. We've been brought into His kingdom in our baptisms. It's near to us in word and sacrament and Christian fellowship. And it's not meant solely for us alone. It's meant for all of God's people. And as children of God, we're called and sent to work in the harvest, in the fields. And think about what that would look like if every one of us engaged in His ministry. You know, one of the things that we're known for here at Ascension is how warm and welcome and inviting we are. You hear it all the time when people walk in, right? But now let me show you what our new mission statement is here at Ascension. It's connecting disconnected people to the joyful community of the caring Christ. So let's take that out into the mission field now. Let's go work together because... I pray that we engage and be active participants in His kingdom. I pray, my friends, that we lift and, and, and build each other up and encourage and work together for this work. I pray that our eyes and our hearts and our minds will be open to the suffering that goes on in this world and to the opportunities that are presented to us on a daily basis to bring the kingdom of God near to others. And we're not alone. We have each other, but more importantly... We have Christ leading the way. We have a God who keeps His promises. Jesus said in the Great Commissioning, and surely I will be with you till the very end. We have a God who says that I'll be there with you doing the work. And we can bank on it, the fact that it's His power that will bring a successful outcome. So how will you engage today? The mission fields, the harvest fields are ripe. How will you engage? No man is an island to himself. And to God be all the glory. Amen.